Punching Holes in the Darkness is a podcast by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. It's an opportunity for pastors and leaders in Michigan churches to have their voices heard and to share how to best reach our mission field from Detroit to the Upper Peninsula. Folks, we'll be right back in just a few minutes with Willie McLaren, who is the Vice President of uh, Great Commission Relations and Mobilization at the Executive Committee. See you in just a minute. Friends, I want to introduce to you one of our new partners. It is GuideServe. They are our financial partner who helps us take care of all of our nickels and noses, so to speak. Uh, GuideServe is an outsourced accounting partner for our Baptist State Convention of Michigan. Uh, GuideServe provides professional accounting solutions to churches and ministries all across the country. And they offer, they truly offer some comprehensive accounting and payroll solutions to organizations ranging from just beginning church plant to large churches and expansive ministries. And listen, if you'd like to know more about them, you can visit their website at guideserve.com or send them an email at info at guideserve.com. And by the way, if you mention BSCM, uh, when you do, it'll be a benefit to us as well. So welcome our new partner, Guideserve. Well, welcome to another edition of Punching Holes in the Darkness. It's a podcast by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan, and I'm Tim Patterson, the Executive Director here at the Baptist State Convention of Michigan, and your host for this episode. Now, today, we are extremely blessed to have uh, Willie McLaurin with us. He is Vice President for uh, Great Commission Relations and uh, mobilization at the executive committee working right the, uh, there at the right hand of Ronnie Floyd and uh, keeping us informed and moving forward and making sure we're all connected here in our great big Baptist Zion. So Willie, thank you for joining with us today, my friend. We appreciate you taking the time to, to be with us. Thank and, you so much, Dr. Tim. It's my honor to be here today. Well, appreciate it. Willie, let's, let's talk about what's important real quick. How's your wife doing? And, uh, and how and the kids and uh, your wife uh, Antonia, how yeah. is she doing? And uh, Sienna and now your other child's name, C. Chana. Did I get that right? You got that right, man. Oh man! All right, I, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. Well, how, how's the family? That's what's really important here. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much, man. The family is well. You know, when I married Antonia, uh, I outpinned my coverage, and so she <laughs> is more than I could ask for in a wife. She's just a tremendous mom and an amazing uh, mother. And uh, we've got two daughters. Um, our youngest one is Sachana. Uh, that name simply means God is love. She's our resident um, tween. And so she plays the piano and she's our artsy uh, kid. Our oldest daughter is Sierra. Uh, she'll be graduating literally in two weeks from high school. Oh and man. She's going to college on a full athletic uh, scholarship in Boston. In, in bowling. what bowling. bowling? Yes. Okay. Okay. Now, Willie, help help me. You know, how did this take place in your life, my friend? <laughs> Man, you know, um, listen. She was really into basketball, and then she just kind of put the basketball down. And she's only been bowling for three years, so she fell in love with bowling. And her team was seventh in the state in her um, sophomore year. They were fourth in the state in her uh, junior year, and in her senior year. 
they were third in the state, and she's in the top 100 of the uh, girls bowlers in the state, and uh, so she earned a scholarship to go bowl in college. You know, that, that is a fascinating story. Now, I know that that excites you as a father. One, that helps on that money going out to colleges. So uh, that's a blessing. But she must really be talented and just have a gift for it, just uh, to pick really it up is. that quickly and go. She really is, man. I mean, she she works at the – she goes to the bowling alley uh, four to five days a week. Goodness. And uh, practices on her game. And so she's really committed uh, to it. Well, that, that is great. I love to talk about our kids and our grandkids and those kind of things. Those are just important. And uh, always in every one of our broadcasts, we do that. We talk about because really when it comes down to it, it's family and, fa- and our love for the father. That's yeah. what matters. You know, all this other stuff is peripheral job things that's that right. we do. That's right. Uh, but that's really what's impacted the game. But now, speaking of job things that you've done, you have pastored some great churches. You were executive pastor at uh, uh, Greater Missionary Baptist Church there in Clarksville. Uh, you are also senior pastor at Hope Baptist Church in Union City, uh, Tennessee. Uh, you've served uh, a lot of pastor, interim pastorates and so forth, so forth and so on. Um, but the last 15 years, previous before coming to the executive committee, you were with the Tennessee Baptist uh, Mission Board. They're our counterpart there in Tennessee. Now, what did you do for uh, Tennessee Baptist there at their convention? Yeah, when they hired me, they hired me initially as the director of leadership development. And so I was responsible for working with all of our churches across the state and just developing existing um, and emerging uh, leaders. And with that responsibility, I also have the uh, assignment of working with our African-American congregations throughout uh, the state. And then I also had the responsibility of serving as a harvest field team leader. So uh, we've got seven harvest fields in Tennessee. And Mm -hmm. so I related to West Tennessee to all of the churches uh, that were in that part of the state. The last five years, um, Randy Davis, uh, who is the executive director treasurer for Tennessee, asked me to come serve as his associate exec. So the past five years, I served right alongside uh, Dr. Davis in providing uh, overall leadership uh, to the work of our state convention. Well, you're, you're well-suited and well-prepared for the position that you're in now. And uh, anyone who can keep up with Ronnie Foyd and keep him where he needs to be at the right time <laughs> is an amazing task. But uh, Ronnie Ronnie's a great friend. I love him. We've been friends for many years and, and uh, an admirable leader. And I know he is thrilled to have you there at his side with you. Well, I'm honored to walk alongside Dr. Floyd, just a man of high character and a man of high competency, and to be able to uh, walk alongside him and, and, and to help advance the vision is just a, an honor for me. Uh, that is, that's great. We, and we're pleased. We're very, very pleased that you're there with him. Well, and, and we see good things coming out of the exec- executive committee. And uh, a lot of that is uh, the result of your leadership. And uh, thank you for doing that. Well, tell me, speaking of the executive committee and uh, as the Southern Baptist Convention, of which we're all part of here, it's been some crazy, crazy times of us trying to get together as a family and do business and take care of all the stuff we need to do as a convention. Well, you know, uh, Tim, the deal for me is Psalm 133 simply says, you know, how good and how pleasant uh, it is when God's people dwell together in unity. And man, Baptists, we really are best 
when we're in the room together, uh, fellowshipping together, lifting up the name of the Lord. And as you said, you know, our hearts were broken when we had to cancel the annual meeting in 2020. In fact, so many Baptists were disappointed, not just because they wanted to go be together, but they, they were going to miss Disney World. And so uh, <laughs> We, we finally got things uh, moving in the right direction for Opryland, and uh, just with all of the COVID restrictions, um, we just felt like it was going to be more efficient and effective and more safe for us to move to the Music City um, Center, and the Lord just orchestrated just some things that really uh, worked in our favor, and we really believe us being at the Music City Center is a Romans 8 and 28 type of moment where all things are working together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose, and so just a whole lot of things just fell in place, um, because I really believe at the end of the day, Baptists are about one thing, and that's about getting people off the road to hell and getting them on the road to heaven. Absolutely. And however, we can do that together uh, I think God will be pleased uh, in that. What people don't realize is that we are a convention of churches. Uh, really, in our um, hierarchy structure, the churches are at the top of the pyramid. Absolutely. And so the churches are, are, are governing and guiding, and those messengers that come together, that's why I tell every church, send your messengers so that you can, uh, number one, vote on the budget, because we have no budget unless the messengers vote on the budget. And then so that you can um, have a say in the trustees that are elected on behalf of the Southern Baptist Convention. Absolutely. And that's why it's so vital uh, that pastors and churches are engaged in everything that you just talked about. You know, uh, my my predecessor, uh, my uh, former executive director in Florida was Dr. John Sullivan, whom I greatly admire. And uh, he used to tell me, he said, Tim, uh, tell the people and trust God. Yeah. Just tell them what's going on and give them the information, then let them make that decision and just trust God. And that's what we've got to do. We don't need to manipulate things or try to maneuver things about. Uh, just let God take care of that and let the people hear right. your voice. Okay, folks, we'll be right back with a continuation of Punching Holes in the Darkness podcast. Well, friends, we want to welcome today uh, One Mission TV as our sponsor here at uh, Punching Holes in the Darkness podcast. They have been an invaluable partner with us since I've come here to uh, the Baptist State Convention of Michigan, what they effectively have done is they took all of our media resources and we put them together in this one neat package that One Mission TV takes care of. They're just doing an admirable job for us and have really taken us to a different level in uh, our media work. Here's some things they've done for us. They've done web design, they can do logo design, designs for print materials, and of course any kind of video presence and, and recording you'd like to do. And uh, they've really helped us enhance our online presence as they can for you. Great guys, great partners. You will be glad you have done this. They're really a one call media company and I think you'll be blessed by using One Mission TV. And friends, if you want to contact One Mission TV, you can do so at info at onemission.tv. That's info at onemission.tv. <laughs> 
there have been so many things happened this year uh, during COVID and, and our pandemic time. And, and it's put pressures on pastors to make decisions here and there. You know, some pastors are having to determine, are having to, the struggles with their own people about who's wearing masks and who is not. Are you a masker or not a masker? Are you a vaxxer, vaccine taker or not a vaccine? Are you pro-vax or not vax? Well, are you pro coming to church? Or are you pro video home church? Do you just not love God anymore? To, yeah. And pastors have had to deal with things yeah. that they've never had to deal with in their life, which in turn has created enormous pressure for them. And I believe this also is something that happens. It creates stressors and tensions in people's lives, and they react to things like they never would have before if they were not under these kinds of conditions. Yeah. I.e., and that's when I come back to some of our racial issues. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk and a lot of heat about the critical race theory and not a lot of light uh, on many occasions. And uh, many talk about this. And, and Willie, if, would you mind telling me just to, so that our uh, hearers can uh, better understand what really is critical race theory and uh, just a little bit of the background on it. I've talked about it on different occasions, but give us a little bit of a background from an African-American pastor leader perspective, if you don't mind. Man, be glad to. So, you know, critical race theory or CRT intersectionality has really been around since uh, really uh, the mid to late seventies. And so it's not something that's just new on the scene. Uh, really, I first heard of critical race theory really in the summer of uh, 2018. I was uh, in a in an associational meeting uh, with a group of pastors that gathered every Monday morning, and they were talking about CRT and intersectionality. Now, I'm just a guy from a small town in North Carolina, and uh, when they talked about intersectionality, man, all that I could think of was, well, yeah, we do have one or two intersections in our <laughs> In our in our community, but um, but critical uh, race uh, theory uh, really is a um, really in, in in basic terms, critical race theory is a theory that really at its heart has five main components. We won't go into all those components today, and those five components basically shed light, if you would, on some of the uh, systemic um, issues that are taking place in our country. Obviously, systemic racism and some of the other things around that. And so critical race theory basically is a theory that seeks to say, if you look at some of the issues that are happening in our society and even some of the issues that are happening even uh, in the sacred places, if you would, then critical race theory helps you to understand why certain constructs are taking place in our society and in the places of faith. And so what has happened is really, we never really heard anybody talk about that until, number one, uh, there was a resolution, Resolution 9, yes. uh, that was passed in, in Birmingham. And, uh, and by the way, uh, the folks who were on that resolutions committee, man, they were all academicians. They were very competent men and women. And so I'm thankful for their leadership. And there may have been 
some rub uh, across the country. It's really interesting as I travel across our country, uh, there are several places that they they totally understand it. And there are several places that you go and folks are saying, man, we don't need to have anything to do with this. Particularly, Tim, as you think about the African-American community, the big issue that arose was uh, last year when the Council of Seminary Presidents um, came out with their statement, basically affirming the 20 year of the Baptist faith and message 2000. And at the end of their statement, basically said that critical race theory is incompatible uh, with um, the Baptist faith and uh, Baptist faith and message. And where some of the rub has come, I think, from the African-American community, and obviously me being uh, an African-American brother, is that there are components, if you would, of critical race theory, not all of the components, but there are probably some small components of critical race theory that if used appropriately, they help to shed light and give understanding to some of the social constructs that are taking place in our country. Now, I'll tell you from my perspective, I believe that the Bible is the inerrant, uh, the infallible, the inspired word of God, and the Bible is the final authority in all things. And where I stand is that since the Bible is my guiding authority and the Baptist faith and message, I kind of use those as kind of guardrails. I always default to the Bible. And the way I've said it is that when I look at critical race theory, critical race theory helps me to have another level of understanding to what I already know to be true in God's word. And so um, there are some, some unique challenges that are there in terms of how different people in different places and spaces view um, critical um, race theory. And I've just decided that we're going to probably have people who are going to have different views on critical race theory uh, for the foreseeable future. But what I've been encouraging folks to do is let's not allow critical race theory, intersectionality divide us over the more essential things, and that is the propagation of the gospel. Absolutely, Will. You know, uh, I've had several conversations and meetings with African-American pastors here in Michigan. We've talked about critical race theory. Almost to the person, I've not had one African-American pastor say, man, I accept everything critical race theory says. I'm with Mm -hmm. that. I I support that. None of them are embracing particularly critical race theory. That is not the point. The point is, and as I have said to them, guys, I I don't support critical race theory, but the issues that are raised within it are important issues that we must address as a Baptist state convention, as Christians, and as our local churches. So I'm not afraid of that critical race theory. It's just, it's not something that I I support. I'm glad it's raised some questions and those questions need to be dealt with and those issues need to be addressed as well. You know, there's some in the political realm today and who are saying, oh, well, you're just saying, one guy has said, well, I support the sufficiency of scripture and not the sufficiency of the CRT. Well, nobody's, nobody is supporting the sufficiency yeah. or championing the fish sufficiency of the critical race theory in right. SBC. Right. Nobody's doing that. That's not the point. I just think it's a straw man that many build and uh, they use that for other purposes. And um, it's just inappropriate. So we're not gonna get all uptight about that. We're gonna use 
whatever means and methods we can to punch holes in the darkness here in Michigan, right. make That's this right. a better place, and to propagate the gospel and get the good news out. Amen. That's what we're doing Amen. here. Hey, hey uh, Willie, is there anything else about SBC, things you want to talk about real quick before we kind of move to the end of this? Uh, anything you want to champion or tell us about going on? Yeah, so, man, just a couple of things. You know, um, the team that I get to lead is called the Great Commission of Relations the Mobilization Team. And, man, that's a long title to really say this. Um, I get to lead Southern Baptist in a cooperative program, um, education and promotion. Uh, this past Sunday, uh, we celebrated Cooperative Program right. Sunday. And so state conventions, and thank you guys in Michigan for all that you're doing uh, to advance the cause of Christ through the cooperative program. Every penny that's given from every church, man, is simply used to help advance the good news of the gospel here at home and around the world. My office also gets the opportunity to lead our convention in stewardship, development, promotion, and uh, encouragement. And so we're wide open with that. Uh, Dr. Floyd uh, released a book entitled 10%, A Call to Biblical Stewardship. Um, that book is available uh, and however many copies a church wants, we'll send that to them. And uh, it's also available as a free download uh, online. Good deal. And then I really have the great privilege of hanging out with all of our 41 state conventions. And that's why it's an honor for me today to hang out with you, Dr. Patterson, and just uh, walk alongside you as you guys are trying to make much of Jesus. And then my team also uh, is probably one of the most diverse teams in the country. We've got a, uh, a diverse team. Uh, folk. We've got an Asian guy, an Hispanic guy, mm -hmm. African-American guy, and a white guy. But we often say that the white guy is the minority on our team. <laughs> but these guys, they are working with building relationships and mobilizing our ethnically and racially diverse churches. And so I'm really excited about the intentional vision um, that Dr. Floyd has to, uh, to engage every church, every ethnicity, every nationality, and to see them mobilized at every level of Amen. Southern Baptist life. And so I get to lean in and to be a part of that every day. And so I don't go to work anymore. I show up the purpose and get to live out the purpose that God has for my life. Amen. Amen, Willie. Hey, well, listen, pastors, leaders out there, any of you who have ever have questions, and I know Willie will not mind this, if you have a question or need some information or help, in any of the areas where he is working, please contact them at the executive committee. Uh, you can email them there or uh, phone call. All of those things are on the website, uh, the executive committee website, SBC. You can go there, look those up. You can find all the contact information for uh, Willie's team and many others. And, and uh, again, we're here to serve you. And that's what our goal is and our purpose is at the Baptist State Convention and at the national level at the Southern Baptist Convention is to serve you. We're not here to tell you what your vision is or tell you your church what they must do or what their ministry might be. We are just here to help you be a success in what God calls you to do. Willie, thank you, my friend, for joining with us today on our, our podcast here called Punching Holes in the Darkness. That's what God's called us to do right here 
and Michigan. Hopefully, uh, Willie, we'll have you on again in the future and uh, talk a little more about different areas and aspects of the Southern Baptist Convention and life as we know it here in our Baptist Zion. God bless you, my brother. Thank you for joining with us. Friends, thank you for joining with us here in our podcast today, Punching Holes in the Darkness, podcast of, of the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. May we do just that together. Punch holes in the darkness. This has been Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast from the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. If you have liked this episode, please rate us and leave a review. That will help others to find us and enjoy these conversations too. And if you subscribe, you will be notified when new episodes are available. Join us next time as we help Michigan churches punch holes in the darkness.